Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of One Click Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. We feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This was an episode I recorded on the Success Fundamentals podcast with Chris Sykes and Brian Goldsack. Um, It was a really cool podcast episode and a little bit different than probably what you're used to here on B2B Made Simple, but we dove into really what I define as success, um, really more entrepreneurship uh, driven in this podcast episode, and also really the, not necessarily the history lesson on one-click agency, but really where we've come from as a B2B web development firm and kind of how our thought process works. So again, we're kind of testing out some different content here on the podcast. So if this is something you enjoy, I know it's different than normal, um, but if you enjoy it, be sure to let me know and uh, we'll have to keep content like this rolling. So hope you enjoy it. Successors, welcome back to another edition of Success Fundamentals. I'm your co-host, Chris Sykes. And I am Brian Goldsack. And today we have a very special guest. We have Sam Moss, who is the co-founder of One Click Agency, uh, which is a website uh, development company in upstate New York. And he also hosts the B2B Made Simple podcast, which is one of the top marketing podcasts out. Sam, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you inviting me on the show. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Sam, you have you, you know, you've had an an, an illustrious career. But but before we get into that, you know, for uh, tell us a a little bit about your background and how you came into becoming an entrepreneur with your dad. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you mentioned that I'm in business with my dad right now. And uh, I think that this was something instilled in me pretty young. I from as far back as I can remember, my parents would say, hey, like, try working for yourself. Like if you don't, chances are you're going to be locked into a nine to five. And that did not seem very attractive to me. And one of the, mm. the earliest things they, they said was like, go start like a landscaping company. And I, I had no idea how to do that. And uh, that was like the, the thing in my mind. So I actually would help people with landscaping. Didn't have a business when I was younger, but it just kind of taught me to like make my own hours and, and do what I want to do. And I think that was really ingrained. In, since a young age. And fast forward um, to when I was out of high school, my dad uh, had had one click agency and it was, you know, he had done hosting and selling some software. Um, and he said, Hey, do you want to come on and, and build websites with me? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. So again, working for myself, right. And we started doing that. And that grew into being like a marketing agency, which was we did everything for small businesses. So if they came to us, our motto was like, even if we don't know how to do it, we're going to figure out how to do it and charge them for it, right? Which we might get into this later, but that's like a really bad philosophy for business. You don't want to do a ton of things. So after spreading ourselves really thin and not being really good at many things, um, we decided to hone into doing just websites. And then from there, we actually moved out of the small business space. And now we do website design and development primarily for B2B software companies. Um, and again, that's just kind of the, the trajectory that we've continued to go for, um, starting all the way back from when I was out of high school doing everything and anything when it came to marketing. Hmm. So we, while, while you were growing up, there was always that 
that lesson of you don't want to work that nine to five job. You want to work for yourself. So it sounds like you come from a family of entrepreneurs. I was going to ask that too. In a way. Um, so my dad had been an entrepreneur for years. He owned his own business um, when I was a kid. So he had a security business. He was putting in security alarms. And then I guess that's probably why they instilled it in me. And the thing that I've come to realize is this is actually not for everyone. Like you actually kind of have to have a bug and a drive to do it. And my wife, thank God, is has that same exact drive. So we, we really see eye to eye on this and we can kind of push each other. And some of our friends, when we're talking to them, we're just like, yeah, I don't get why so-and-so does this with their money or just is okay with yeah. going nine to five. And we have to step back and realize like, there needs to be people out there that do that. And that's actually okay. Like that's doesn't mean you're not successful by any means. It's more of like, what is your drive to do? Are you trying to do something a little bit bigger? Are you like looking to push forward and go out and do something on your own? And again, I, I'm not trying to shame anybody if you, if you're in a nine to five by any means, but like different success or success is defined differently for people. And this is just how we have decided to live our lives. And it has been ingrained uh, since I've been a kid. Hmm. It does seem like like there is a certain uh, disposition towards entrepreneurship. And I think Chris would agree that um, the, the more and more we talk to people that have started their own companies, the more we hear people say, hey, look, not everybody needs to be like this, but there is a certain type 100%. of person that is this way. So I guess my question then is, uh, I mean, what would you say are some fun fundamental attributes of people that have that personality when contrasted with those that don't? Mm -hmm. Um, a good one would be, so for example, my wife is a great example of this. She has a million ideas a day. Uh, mm. one or two of them turn into something good, right? Does she try all of them? No. So if you are extremely creative and you're like, man, I wonder if this would make some money, or I wonder if, if this would make the world a better place, right? That's a really good attribute. Another one is, are you focused enough and driven enough to continue at it? So for me, like, my routine, it's very easy for me to to go and do work and continue and stick with something. So I think that's another attribute that's really helpful. Um, trying to think off the top of my head. I, I mean, besides being driven and focused, I guess another one would be um, if you're easily distracted might be one you want to kind of sh kind of shy away from. But again, that can be honed in um, as mm. you continue. But I would say the creativity, uh, being driven and just like knowing that there's other options out there. Um, I would say those are probably my, my top two or three when it comes to like what you should be looking for. Hmm. No, 100%. I think that, uh, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think entrepreneurship is for everybody and that's okay because if everybody had the mentality of the entrepreneur, there will be a million businesses with no employees, right? Everybody, exactly. everybody would be right. So I think employees are very, very key. And they're very essential to your business because if you have great employees, they can help you propel your business to what that vision is. So I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Um, so, you know, so what, so, okay. So you mentioned it and I'm glad you, you mentioned this because you said that, you know, it's a bad philosophy in business to say, we're just going to figure it out, figure it out if a customer or a client comes, you know, to us and then we'll you know figure out how to do this. What made you and your dad get down to to this niche where you do website development for B2B SaaS companies? How does, cause that's a very specific thing. How did that come about? So like I said, in the beginning, we decided that we wanted to do anything and everything when it came to marketing. And a few things that I realized were one, we weren't known for anything besides 
oh, they're an agency. I guess they do marketing. My, <laughs> my, my own wife wasn't even able to explain like at a core what we did. Right. And we would say, well, mm. we help businesses grow, but that's so vague, right? You have to do better than that. So I realized if my own wife can't figure out what we do and explain in conversation in a sentence, what we do, then that's a problem. Right. Mm. Another thing I ran into was I wasn't confident. So I do sales for us now and I did sales for us then. Right. So I'm, I'm talking to customers or potential buyers. And one of the things that I realized was I was not confident in what we were doing because I had no idea what we were doing. So it's kind of like faking my way through a call and not that we were going to mm. rip someone off. Like we had every intention of helping them and, Oh, you need help with logo design. Yeah, we'll figure that out. But I don't know anything about logo design. So I kind of had to fake my way through the call. Right. Oh, you need mm. help um, with social media ads. Right. Or you need us to build a Facebook page for you. These are all like random things that we did when someone came to us and said, do you do this? Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so one, we were, again, I wasn't confident in what we were selling. Cause I had no idea what it was. I didn't know how to answer questions. Um, two, we weren't known for anything. And then there was a third and I totally forgot it, but I'll probably remember it here later down in the podcast. <laughs> so th there was a point that you, you brought up, before when we were discussing the disposition of entrepreneurs and I wrote it down and you said, quote, knowing that there's options out there. So that's an interesting point. So can you elaborate a bit more on what you mean by it's important to know that there are options out there? Mm -hmm. So for example, the traditional blue collar, you go to work, 9 a.m. clock out at five, right? That's what mm -hmm. I would consider like what's been ingrained in culture, whether it's you're going to For a sure. construction job, you're going and you're, you're, you're working in a, in a skyscraper, you know, in an office, whatever it may be for a, a software company. People are needed for that, right? But if you have the bug to be like, I kind of want to do something on my own. I want the freedom to make my own schedule. I want the freedom to spend time with family when I want to. It doesn't mean that you're not going to work. I mean, you can strive to that to be financially free, right? But when I say like options, it means you don't have to follow what society has told you you need to do. And I think entrepreneurship has definitely kind of grown on people and it's become like kind of a popular thing now that people are working for themselves, especially with social media coming out. I mean, if you see like TikTok, people are making thousands of dollars on there just trying things and they're selling things, right? And that's, that's entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, another example of this is like what you do with your finances. So for example, you could save, um, invest, and then when mm -hmm. you're retired, you can, you know, live on your retirement and call it a day, right? And that's for some people, right? But for me, it's like, I want to live life now, especially like my wife, she's like, why do we want to save for when we're 70? And again, that's, that's, that's totally true. okay for people. Mm -hmm. And that's how some people are driven and that's how some people are wired and there's nothing wrong with that, but there are other ways might be a little bit more risky, right? But there are different ways to think about things. So that's kind of how um, my wife and I are wired, especially her more so than me. Cause I'm a little bit more cautious, but when I say options, I hope that kind of gives you some uh, clarification there. No, sure 100%. Does. It does. Sure does. And you, you mentioned one of the people who are, uh, who had the biggest impact of your career is Donald Miller, the CEO, the CEO of story brand. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that because that's the book I'm reading. You right get the now. book right there. Nice. 100%. And literally the first three chapters opened my eyes 
immensely on what Brian and I do professionally, plus what we're doing with this media company and success mm -hmm. fundamentals. So I'm just getting into the thick of it. He's going through the seven points of story currently. I, I think I'm in, yeah. I'm on the second points. So I know it's character, and then you have to have like it's a it's an issue, right? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm yep. at the issue chapter. So <laughs> how did Donald Miller, from a story brand standpoint? change like has the uh, has a big impact because when you put people who have a the biggest impact on your career that means you it was, it was a light bulb that went off either when you read his book or talked to him so how did donald miller um change had a, had this big of an impact on, on your career so when i stumbled across donald miller i think i was excuse me i was scrolling facebook and someone said hey what are some good podcasts to listen to and i just read in the comments hey building a story brand podcast is cool right so i'm like oh this is cool. And I, I started listening to the podcast and around that time, this is when our, you know, our quote agency was doing anything and everything. Right. And mm. I fell in love with this podcast, right? It was just teaching business principles. It was teaching marketing principles. And as a marketing agency, I didn't understand marketing at a deep level. Right. I was just like, Oh, you promote your business. That's marketing. But I didn't understand what marketing really is. And his, podcast kind of opened me up to that. But on top of that, they, they gave away a, f a few free courses, which I hopped into, which eventually I was, you know, down the funnel, I found their book, read the book. And I was just like, dang, this really opens my eyes to marketing. Right. And from there, I, I, as far as I remember, that was the spark that I needed to hone in on one thing. And that's when we started building, just doing websites for small businesses. Eventually we moved on to SaaS. Right. But this is where mm -hmm. I was like, man, we actually need to be known for something because just saying, oh yeah, we do marketing to help businesses grow. That's extremely vague. And a lot of people try to do that, but what are we really going to be known for? And I've been following Donald Miller for a long time. I've read uh, many of his books. And I think the, the core marketing principles, since they were like the first ones instilled in me, I think that's why I'm just like, man, this is the guy that kind of led me down the road to explore marketing further and have a passion for it. Um, mm -hmm. And kind of, shape the way that we have really built our business. Hmm. So I'm thinking, and, and hopefully both of you can help me with this because you're reading that book. I've never read this book, but as somebody, it. yeah, it's, it sounds like I do. So as somebody that works in marketing and takes such uh, value in the story component of marketing, do you feel that there's certain industries that, um, that that applies more to, for example, if you made like a cognac, it might be very easy to, articulate a beautiful story surrounding that versus let's say a company that makes like ball bearings. So is it universally applicable that the story selling approach will work for every industry or is it certain industries? So from what I found, it applies to all, right? And when I hear the word story, I'm like, oh, we're going to write a book about our company. And what it really is, is how do you structure your marketing message to be a story without your customer even know it's knowing it's a story. You're inviting mm -hmm. them into the story. It's like the premise of the book. So just like a recap is basically there's the hero, there's the guide, and then there's the problem. And your business is the guide that helps your buyer become the hero by uh, guiding them away from like this villain, right? And you don't say, um, so for example, we wouldn't say bad websites are our villain on our website. We just say like, hey, slow websites aren't good. Like um, outsourcing your websites overseas can be a pain. Like that would be a villain, right? And then the mm -hmm. hero is like going to be our customers when they have a good experience and we're just there to help them. 
a lot of companies position themselves as look at how good we are and, and here's how we're going to be the hero of the day to help you. And you want to be, they describe it as Yoda um, mm. mentoring mm. Luke Skywalker, kind of guiding them through the process. So that's the mindset shift that the, the book kind of uh, expounds on. And I'm sure, Chris, you have some points as well. Oh, 100%. I think the, the first thing he does is tell you it's not about your story. Mm-hmm. Customers and clients don't give a damn about your story. Yeah. That, that's the, literally the first thing he says, because when because Brian and I, you know, we have there's his book like in our industry that's called story selling, but they don't care about your story. They don't care about what you do. They're trying to figure out how how can you tell their story by using what by doing what you do? Like, for example, like so, for example, ball bearings you have to figure out like when a company comes to you for well, a person or a client customer comes to you from a ball bearing standpoint and that they're they get they get the packaging or, or whatever the case may be what how does this how does your message makes them feel like they're solving a problem in their own lives by using your product right so like mm-hmm. again they're so making them become the hero as opposed to saying we're the best ball company we're the best ball bearing company ever because we do x y and z and da, 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 da. they don't care about that they care about this thing is going to make me look good but i want to make sure that you're the right product to make me look good that's the mm. entire that's that's the in, entire thing about it definitely read it <laughs> on i'm telling you dude it's it's, it's a it's brian is a i opener for sure yeah it's one of my my top uh marketing books when everyone's like asking me like, Hey, what would I start with, with marketing? I would say like my top books, that one's definitely in like top five, top 10 for sure. Hmm. 100%. I will. I promise I will. So there was, <laughs> there was a point that you brought up earlier, Sam, that uh, I was hoping you can elaborate on. You, you said that you want to live life now. Um, so can you share with us your perception of like, how do you know you're living your life now mm-hmm. and rather than deferring it till you're 70? For me, it's being able to make my own schedule and have the flexibility to do business wherever I want, right? So my wife and I, we actually talked about this the other day. We were like, because I I work from home, right? And we kind of thought like success at first would be me being home, but everyone kind of has that now. And then we realized it's like, if I go up to my office or I'm in my office working, right? And they're not around, like that's okay. It's the freedom to be able to stop work right now and go do whatever I want for a day. Like, let's go grab lunch. My wife tonight, she wants to go with some friends up. We live near Ithaca, New York, go up. There's like this ramen place. Um, and normally if I had a, a regular job, I wouldn't be able to do that. Right. But I'm just sure. like, you know what, 100%. let's move a couple things around and I'm going to go up and do that. Right. That's what I would call living in the moment and living in freedom. Like we're not, rich by any means do we would we like to be like very financially well off down the road absolutely and that's going to make life even easier right but right now i have the freedom to make my own schedule and do what i want if i want to take a day off i can i don't have to ask anybody when we go to north carolina i don't know when this is going to come out but we're going to north carolina for a week for thanksgiving just because we can right and uh that doesn't mean i'm not going to pull up my laptop if something comes up if i need to to help with something but like that's the freedom that i have And thankfully, my wife has structured her life in the same way where she can do similar things. And uh, that's how I would describe it. It's just like freedom of schedule and you have the flexibility to just be able to do what you want. Don't drop all your responsibilities by any means, but, um, you know, live your life a little bit. 100 percent. So, Sam, so you you and your father have has able to build this, you know, successful company. And what we what we try to do as a podcast is to give people lessons. We were we. 
we consider ourselves, yes, we're a media company, but it's in terms of this podcast, we want to educate people because, you know, from people who have attained success. So you know, regardless of what anybody does, we feel like there are some fundamental attributes people need to know or have um, to take that first step in their journey, whether that, whether it's in business, whether it's in the arts, whether it's in, you know, whatever you're trying to do to be successful in how you define it, there's some fundamental attributes that you need to know about. So based on your experience and the things that you're, that you've been able to do throughout your life, what would you tell someone who is listening right now, our successors, this is a fundamental attribute you need to have, you know, you know, as you go on, you know, Mm. as you start your success journey, what would that be for you? Uh, Probably patience because it can take a long time. Um, So for example, our, our main marketing strategy for what we do for our business, right. Is we have a couple of different things. We run a podcast similar to what you guys are doing. And then we also um, post content on organic LinkedIn, which just means like you post it in the feed and whatever happens, happens. You don't put a paid budget behind it. And that takes a long time to build an audience. As you guys probably know with a podcast, it takes a long time to build a podcast. It takes a long time for people to recognize what you're doing on LinkedIn, right? And we don't have to put money behind this. It's You can get scrappy with a podcast. And because of those two marketing activities, we've been able to build a business, but it didn't happen overnight, right? People don't reach out because you post on LinkedIn one time or post one episode of a podcast. Like we're on episode uh, probably close to 200 by the time this thing comes out, right? And we have been posting on LinkedIn for a year and a half, yeah, almost two years now, right? Those things drive our business forward. And if we didn't have the patience to sit by and just be like, you know what? This is going to have way more results in the long run instead of us sending out a bunch of cold messages to people trying to sell our services might get a sale or two, right? But we're playing the long game with our marketing, knowing that we're going to have better results down the road and leads are going to indirectly come to us ready to buy and excited to buy because they know us, like us and trust us because of what we've been putting out through our podcast and the content that we've put it, been putting out on LinkedIn. Um, so go full circle to where we were talking about. Patience is something I think is like something you really need. Like, Results aren't going to come right now for really anything you do, whether you're going to the gym, um, building a house, saving for the future, starting a business like patience is really needed if you want that delayed gratification down the road. Hmm. Patience is a virtue. Virtue. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing, and I guess this is more for Chris, but Sam, I really chime in if you have something to add to this. The, the more we ask people that question, the more it seems like the attributes that align people to success also are just fundamental human virtues, things like patience, diligence, uh, fortitude, honesty. Um, so for you, patience appears to be the overarching virtue that has led to your success. Uh, but, but are there others? Are, are there other virtues that you might feel have contributed to, to, to your family's success? Uh, I don't know if it's a virtue, but time management is pretty, pretty important. Um, I think more people realize this now than others with a lot of people working at home, um, like your calendar and what's going on around you. If you have work to get done, sit down and get it done. 
set the phone aside. And I still struggle with that one because it can be a distraction, but <laughs> like too. really oh, get yourself into a routine and start getting things done because this work from home life for most people, like you have kids running around, you have family at home. It's a little bit louder. It's easier to get distracted, but like get your head down, get what you need to get done. And that kind of opens up your schedule. If you think about it, once you get your work done. Um, but I think it's just like really setting things aside. One of the things that I like to do is batch, um, which just means, so let's say I'm editing a podcast, right? I don't edit one podcast, write a description for the podcast, post the podcast, right? What I do is I edit five podcasts and then hmm. go write the description for five podcasts and then go upload five podcasts and then go distribute five podcasts, right? So batching, whatever it is you're doing, um, typically gets you in a groove for something. Um, and I know I'm like talking like marketing things, but I think that's going to apply to life, right? If you're just going to, yeah. you know, sweep your kitchen, you may as well switch, sweep everything if that's on the list to do. Just get some things done before you have to change gears in your mind. Um, and hopefully that helps some people. Absolutely. No, it does. No, 100%. Because that is actually smart. And I think everybody in this digital world uh, are, is distracted by their phone because it's so easy to pick it up. It's so easy to go on, on the app and just scroll. Whatever whatever social platform is your social platform, it's so easy to get caught in that. It's so mind-numbing because when you look up, like, I can't believe I was, I was 20 minutes on this thing, and I didn't even get done what I wanted to get done, and now it just delays my day even yeah. more because you didn't get done whatever you, you, you needed to get done. But I, I want to go deeper with, with patience, Sam, because uh, I, you picked that particular virtue or fundamental of success for a for a reason is that is, is that is that something that you had to realize like that okay out of everything that that i've tried i realized that patience is it right because maybe mm. you had a maybe you wanted to have something happen fast and or it, it didn't happen on your timetable you got frustrated and you realized when you matured over time you realized that Patience is really a fundamental because if I don't have patience, nothing would really happen the way it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. This is a reason why you pick patience. Um, I don't know if there's necessarily a reason. I think it's the one that sticks out to me the most, but I will say it, it has come over time and I've realized that it's important. For example, when we started our podcast back in, uh, I guess it's 2018 or 2019 now, Initially, you want everyone to start listening to it, but very quickly, you realize that it is a slow churn. You're going to get the gears going, and eventually it will pick up steam and snowball. And I guess that kind of forced the patient side onto me because I'm competitive and I'm driven. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to give up now after all this work. I may as well hold on, right? 100%. Just because I'm not seeing results now doesn't mean I'm not going to see them down the road. And like, if I give up something, I'm almost embarrassed about it, right? It doesn't, if one click mm. were to start tanking, I would probably hang on to this thing forever just because I wouldn't want to tell someone that a business failed, which is probably a, a bad thing for, uh, as a character flaw, right? But like, for example, a podcast, I put the time into it. I want to see it succeed. And I guess it made me realize that patience is going to be important. The same thing when I started posting on LinkedIn and I was getting two people to comment and like on a post, right? I thought I was like, Oh, wow, I'm really getting there. And then I realized, oh, you know, there's a lot more to be had posting content on LinkedIn for our ideal buyers. It's going to take time. And here we are a year and a half. Yeah, probably a year and a half into it, realizing that patience is really what's going to get you what you want in the long run.
I keep hearing certain things in, in your view of success and, and I'm noticing a, a theme. So patience, number one, is, a, is an element that factors in time. Okay. And then when we were thinking about other virtues, time management. So once again, time mm-hmm. came up and then you just said, you know, with, with your podcast, with your LinkedIn posting, you need to accept that it might take time. Okay. So it sounds like you have a very intimate uh, sense of time, kind of just always being present in your life. So with time, um, d- does that create stress for you or is that something that you've accepted? Uh, d- do you feel that uh, like there's a treadmill going forward and you, you want to be on it and it's like a stressful thing for you or have you accepted it as just the way it is? I think initially, maybe a little bit, um, but no, not anymore. I uh, Quite honestly, this is like a blessing for sure. I can't remember the last time I was stressed about something. Um, wow. Maybe like mm. a client issue that came up and we're like trying to figure it out. But does it like time? Not at all. Like, to be honest, I'm like super fulfilled in life and we're not millionaires by any means. Maybe one day, right? Money doesn't mean that that's going to make everything better, but like living in the moment, enjoying what's going on. And like, yeah, I guess the treadmill is a good example of like, no, I don't feel like I have to like get on and like sprint this treadmill trying to get to the end. I've just kind of expect accepted that things take time and uh, not to get stressed out about it because there's not much you can do outside of like how much effort you're putting into something. And sometimes you simply have to wait and let time take its course. Sure. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Brian, go ahead and drop drop those two bombs on them. Oh, is it time already? Okay. All right. So, Sam, we have two questions that we ask every guest. We leave the questions intentionally vague in order to inspire thought. So the first question is, Sam, what is your overall perception of money? Second question is, what ideas do you have around the notion of power? So what was the first one you said was money, right? Yeah. Overall perception of money. And the second Mm -hmm. thing is what role does power play in your vision of success? Okay. Um, Money to me is a tool um, and it sure makes life a lot more fun if you have, (laughs) if you have a lot of it, right. To be honest. (laughs) Sure. Um, And what I mean by a tool is, you know, I'm, I'm big in our, our church. So, we love giving to our church and helping people, right? That's a tool. And if, if we hadn't instilled giving in our lives now, when we have more money down the road, we wouldn't be givers then. So if, if you're sitting here and you're like, man, you know what? When I have more money, I'm going to be a giver. You're not, right? You have to start giving mm-hmm. with what you have. So that's one of the things I realized as it's a tool and you should be using it now. Um, as for it makes your life a lot more fun, I think everybody realizes like, when you have money, yeah, you're going to have some freedom to go do things as a family and with your friends. Um, now it isn't going to make you fulfilled. Um, but it can definitely enhance life and make it more fun. So when it comes to to money, I guess that's how I would look at it, a tool. Um, and it can, <laughs> it sounds cliche, but it can sure be fun. And then sure. what was your other question about power? The power. Yes, power. Mm-hmm. Um, so re- Remind me of the question so I have the context. So does the idea of power play any role in your vision of success? Um, 
I would say no. Hmm. When I think of power, I just kind of think of like, uh, like wanting to be a, grabbing power just so you can like kind of claw your way to the top. And I think that like, that's kind of a poor way to try and get to the top um, or to become a leader. So will you have power? Sure. You'll have influence, which I guess would be power, but I guess it's how you use it. Um, so I, I don't think it's really something I've strived for by any means like, Oh, I want power. Um, but I guess it will come to you if you, you know, you do have success for sure. Um, you just have to be careful how you use it. So I'm not sure if that kind of danced around the question or answered it, but hopefully that helps. Hey, as long as you're being truthful with us, we'll accept yeah. it. So. <laughs> no, 100%. Sam, I want, I, I want to, I want to get your, get your, uh, your thoughts on this. As we all know, success isn't a straight journey. There are also some, there are also a flip side to the journey of success, which is actually the journey, right? Because it's, when it comes to success, it's not, it's not all flowers and rainbows outside. You, you're going to have some storms. You're going to have some adversity. You're going to have some setbacks that's going to test you to see if you're, do you really truly want to become the person that you, you want to be in life, right? So can you talk about some of the, Patience is a virtue in terms of what you need or patience is a fundamental that you that you need when you start your success journey. But from a on that journey, when things get rough and hard, what advice would, would, would you give people when it comes to that as well? Why throw in the towel when you've come this far? Right. So one of the things that has crossed my mind is why am I posting every single day on LinkedIn? Why am I putting out two or three podcast episodes a week? Right. Is it really doing anything? Am I going to be around for when the success actually happens with this thing? Right. Mm. And it's like, and then the next week we get a couple inbound requests that are just like, Hey, we need help with our website. Like been loving your content on LinkedIn. And it's like, Oh, phew. Good thing I didn't stop. Right. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it's, I, I have seen, <laughs> I've seen this, uh, this graphic and it, I'll try to describe it here on air. So it's, it's this graph, right? And it says, here's the success journey, right? And it's little dashes. And then right, it says, this is where most people quit. And then it has like, right after that, there's where the graph goes up, right? And it's like, people are typically right around the corner from their breakthrough, right? And if you have proof of concept for what you're doing, as in like, if it's a bad idea, sometimes you do need to quit, right? And move on. But if you have proof of concept, let's say you're building a business and there's product market fit, people enjoy what you do, like you have a product that people will, will like. Um, for me, like that means we should continue. And we've come this far, I've invested this much time into something and this much money and, and this much resources into something. Why stop? So if you're listening to this, I hate being like cliche on like the, the talk shows and like, Oh, you know, success is right around the corner, but you genuinely never know. You never know like who's been reading your content. Um, if you're posting on LinkedIn, you don't know who's been listening to your podcast. You don't, you know, those are like the examples that I have because that's what I'm in right now. Um, but whatever applies to you, whatever you're doing, keep going at it. Mm. It's like that, uh, that I Steve Harvey that. quote, that Steve Harvey quote that I think you actually sent me, Chris, where it was uh, Steve Harvey was famous for saying, if you're going through hell, keep going. Why would you want to stop in hell? 
Lost. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Stop the hell. Yeah, exactly. that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> yeah, Very he was cool. like, keep going. I mean, 100%. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Sam, so as a marketing person, right, you know, what would you say are some of the marketing mistakes people do, people uh, make when they first start out either a business? Because I'm, I look at marketing and branding more than just a business thing. I think that mm -hmm. you can market and brand yourself even in your career. So, like, for example, if you're trying to climb the corporate ladder, if that's what you, you want to do, you can market and brand yourself as the person who knows everything or the person who always gets things done or the mark or, you know, the person who's ambitious or the person who's the nicest person to whoever you're trying to, you know, um, like like your customers. You can brand and market mm -hmm. yourself even if you're not in business. So by with you being this marketing person who understands, who's read Donald Miller, who's taking courses, what have you learned about marketing that can make it the most effective for people who are trying to market either themselves, their business, their podcast, things that nature? Like how would, what would you, what mm -hmm. advice would you give around that? Mm -hmm. um, that it's not necessarily about you, but it's helping others. Right. And I'll dive into that deeper. So for example, the book you're reading right now, building a story brand, the premise is, you are the guide and your customer or your buyer is the hero, right? So let's say, let's bring this into like the, prof the professional world. You're trying to get a new job, right? You're not the hero. You're, you're the guy that's going to help your boss or whatever down the road or whoever's hiring you get what they're looking for in life because of what you can provide, right? So you're looking to help them. Um, when it comes to marketing, so for what I'm doing, I'm posting on LinkedIn. I don't post, hey, we do websites, come to us. That's not what I mean about posting content. What we post is helpful content for B2B marketers because they're our, our ideal buyers. So it's no strings attached help, right? On our podcast, we've had, we have, okay, I will say on our podcast, back in the early days, I used to put an ad that said what we do. I actually scraped that. That's not there anymore. We are simply bringing on B2B marketing experts on our podcast, creating value and educational content for our ideal buyers with no strings attached, right? And because of that, people are going to have an affinity toward you, your brand, your company, whatever it is that you're kind of working on. And eventually they'll want to do business with you because they know, like, and trust you, right? And I know I keep going back to business, but it's, it's really kind of what is ingrained in me, right? Sure. People want to do business with who they know, like, and trust, and they'll be excited to do it if you've been helping them all along the way, long before you ever ask. And a lot of times you don't even need to ask. People are smart enough to reach out to you because of what you've been providing them for months beforehand. Hmm. Mm, I love that. Hmm. Go ahead, so, Brian, Brian. You seem like you're deep in thought. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am deep in thought. So anytime we have an expert in any field, and Sam, you're an expert in marketing, I know that Anybody that's an expert in something obviously knows basically everything that you need to know to have a functional knowledge of, um, at least for your marketing. But then there's probably a part of you where you're thinking about what's to come next in your industry. And mm. I'm curious to see where do you think marketing is going next in your research? What, what is your gut telling you? What is your research telling you? So for those listening, um, B2B is business to business marketing. So that's what I do. I sell to businesses. Now, B2C is business to consumer. So Walmart, um, Nike, those are mm -hmm. examples of B2C. An example of 
B2B is, you know, again, I'm selling to a business. Now, what's interesting is everything that happens in the B2B world is typically already going on in the B2C world two to three years beforehand. So we kind of have a cheat code as to what's going on, right? So things that are coming down the, down the, the pipe for B2B would be um, brands being more personal and more interactive with their buyers in a fun way because B2B has a stigma of just being boring, right? Oh, we're going to sell the businesses. It's going to be this formal suit and tie thing. That is not going to be the case soon. And the reason you, I say that is because look at what the B2C world is doing on TikTok. Have you seen Nike comment on a random yeah. like 10-year-old's TikTok video and say, oh, this is awesome? Have you seen the NBA go say, dang, that was a cool slam dunk. ESPN, hey, can we feature your video on our page? That's exactly. B2C marketing, right? So that's coming for the B2B world. Another thing is a form of influencer marketing. So if you see in the B2C world, and it might not be as transactional, um, but in the B2C world, you see big names endorsing things, saying, hey, this is what I have. They'll simply drink like a bang in their in their workout video and not say anything, but it's the the subtle like, oh, they must be drinking that. I should go try it, right? 100%, the same yeah. thing will will be happening in the B2B world. Let's say it's it's software, right? In conversation, a company could say, hey, we'll let you use our software for free. Just let it come up naturally in conversation. And what we get out of it, we get out of it. That's a form of influencer marketing. Um, so between being more personal and just being more real and fun, I think that's the biggest one when it comes to B2B. Um, and we're trying to do it a little bit. And I see more brands kind of, you know, catching wind with it for sure. Um, and then definitely like the influencer marketing play of some sort is what I see coming. But like I said, it's kind of fun in B2B because we have a cheat code. Just look at what the B2C world has been doing for the past few years. And uh, same thing's going to happen <laughs> in B2B marketing. Interesting. That so successors, there are a few gems there. Number one, there's a cheat code in business to business marketing. The cheat code is look at what businesses are currently doing to try to attract consumers. Mm -hmm, correct. Yeah. Um, and then repeat the other. So there was also influencer marketing. Influencer, influencer marketing. Yeah. 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 So it was uh, look at the B2C world for sure. And the two things that haven't quite happened in B2B marketing quite yet, because we're just these boring stick in the muds a lot of the time when it comes to companies mm -hmm. is brands are going to be more fun. They're going to be more interactive and they're going to be more real and genuine because who doesn't want to do business with that, right? Who doesn't want to go comment on TikTok, hoping the NBA is going to comment on your post, all right? Or the Knicks That's or so like true. the New York Yankees, right? You, you post a cool baseball video. That's legit happening. Go look. And uh, the other thing is just the influencer play where like you have bigger names using your product and people see that and eventually it drives demand for, for what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you. I love that. I love that. That's all I got. That's all. Chris, I feel like all my questions were answered. I feel like I want to no, go no, market. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think Sam, I think Sam has, has given us some, some really good insight in terms of, because I think when, he, when you do that, you build community around what, what you're doing. And, when, and you don't necessarily have to have a million followers to have a very loyal following, because let's just say you have 2,000 people who are who's and who believe in you and tune into you every single week to, to the B2B yes. Made Simple podcast, right? 
those 2000 people are going to be your biggest sales force or biggest influencer force because what what are they going to do they're going to enjoy the content they're going to tell the friend to tell a friend they're going to share your content when, when you put it out there and then you can communicate with them so imagine somebody comes on sam or somebody's listening to sam's show and they say sam this is amazing what you've done uh, I, lo- I love your podcast i love your comment and then sam himself responds they're like, oh, they notice me, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so it like, mm-hmm. like like you said, it's it's not it's about the content you put out. It's about building that that community and interaction because if people feel like they're you have a direct influence on them and they can they can touch you, right? Then you become that much more powerful of a brand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Sam, you you that's your information is 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 amazing. So successors, please take this in. Please take take this in. And to summarize what he said for, for, from a success fundamental standpoint, patience, 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 patience. Um, he gave the analogy of, you know, people, your your success could be right around the corner, right? So mm. don't don't stop because things you have because as human nature wants things right now, right? But nothing real happens overnight. It takes time to develop, and you need time to develop because right your idea today may not be your idea tomorrow based on what you learned along the journey so you have to continue to take that journey in order for you to learn the the skill of patience and once you learn the skill of patience you could be a success like sam right Mm -hmm. so sam thank you so much for taking the taking time out of your busy schedule to have a conversation with brian and i but before you leave tell people where where they can find you how to listen to your podcast etc yeah, so a couple of different ways. Um, you know, we've said it through the podcast. You can find me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active. Um, just search Sam Moss. I should come up. Uh, send me a connection request. I normally accept pretty much all of them unless you're trying to spam me. Um, and then <laughs> the podcast we publish twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. It's called B2B Made Simple. Um, and even if you're not a B2B marketer and you just want to learn marketing, uh, marketing principles go all directions, right? It, there's there's core principles that can apply to any business, right? So if you're interested in that, definitely check it out. B2B Made Simple, you can find it on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, and then our website is oneclickagency.com if you're a B2B SaaS company that needs some web development work. 100%. Success is we would definitely have all this information in the show notes, so do not worry about that. Brian, <laughs> take us home. This concludes another episode of the Success Fundamentals podcast. Thank you so much, Sam Moss, for joining us today. We will see you all next time.